What's going on, everybody? Wanted to throw this in at the beginning of the episode. Just wanted to thank everybody so much for listening, as always. Also, we have finally found the studio. Ah. We have moved from doing it at the apartment to Gotham Podcast Studios here in New York City. Fantastic place to record. It's going to be the home for X Drinking Buddy moving forward, which is super awesome. Shout out to Miles and the crew over there for having us. And I just wanted to say thank you all so much uh, for listening. Check out the website. Get your X Drinking Buddy merch. I know you're going to love this week's episode. Espy is a hilarious comedian, and she is also very fiery like I am. So it's a great episode, and enjoy. Grab me a beer and grab me a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon says, see if it's your ex drinking buddy. Brandon says, see if it's your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Hey. Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the show, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It's my favorite thing to do to hang out with friends, get drunk, smoke weed, do drugs, get in trouble, and reminisce about old stories. I am sober today, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Most weeks, <laughs> I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, SB Rivadinera. Hi. Hey. How's it going? <laughs> Full disclosure to the listeners: we're recording in the studio for the first time. Yes. This is exciting. It's cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a neat place. Well, it's a lot better than uh, my one-bedroom apartment with my hundred-pound dog running around. Yeah, yeah, that can be a problem. Yeah, problem. she almost Jeff Sheen has his album coming out this week. Yeah. Um, and so he came up to promote it. She almost shit on his shoes. Oh my god. She had like bad diarrhea, <laughs> and that was the point. I told You're Miles like, that was it. the point. I was like, I need a studio. <laughs> yeah. What kind of dog is she? She's a boxer German Shepherd mix. Oh, so she's a big. She's, she's huge, huge. Huge. She's like my size. She's huge. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest dog. Um, plug everything up front. Tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, tonight I'm at. I'm hosting Ample Hills show or stand up all alone in Ample Hills. Um, I'm at the Grizzly Pear all the time. And Monday Night Comedy. That's my show. I produce every Monday ten o'clock at the Comedy Shop Village. Yeah, Comedy Shop. You're there too a lot. Yeah. Both low, pair and comedy shop. I'm at a lot. That's your that's your spot. Those are lower, my stomping... lower East Side. Village. 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 Yeah, I'm new to New York. What do I know? <laughs> You'll learn. Yeah, right. Uh, tell everybody. Um, do you have uh, Instagram, social media, anything like yeah, that? Yeah. So it's uh, for Twitter and Instagram. It's at sp rivadenera. E s p i r i v a d e n e i r a. They'll have to replay it like eight times. And face same thing, SB River Dinner. That's all okay. the same. Yeah. Beautiful. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I met you. We did the Hell Yeah Comedy Show together. Yeah. And we were talking before the show. And I was like, this is like the female version of me. <laughs> well, because you were talking about like how aggressive you can get. I get really bad. Yeah. And I was like, I love this. So <laughs> I was like, you've got to come on the show. We've got to talk because you had uh, you had mentioned that you, you don't drink anymore. I don't drink. You've been sober six years? Yep. Okay, so I did remember that, and I was like, oh, this is perfect, because the people who give up drinking always have- Great stories. The best stories. Yeah. There's a reason they gave yeah. up drinking. Um, so I wanted the listeners to get to know you a little bit, though. How did you get into comedy, start doing stand-up? Are you from New York originally? I'm from upstate New York. That's where I was born, Okay, and I was there most of my life. Um, and then my parents, my dad got this great promotion, and they're like, we'll move you to Austin, Texas. So then they were like, we'll move. I always wanted to live in New York City, but it was too expensive after school. Yeah. So my parents, they, they were like, well, you can come live with us for a little bit once you get figure things out. So Wait, I went this to This was Austin. in the city or in Austin? In Austin. Okay. So I went there. That was where I started comedy. So you grew up upstate and then yeah. as you got older, you're like, oh, I'm going to go to Texas. Yeah. But I always wanted to be in New York. So then I went to Texas and I didn't have any friends or anything. Um, but actually, so when I got sober, I was so miserable that I was like, I need to do something yeah. crazy. Yeah, same so exact I, thing. That was the same thing. <laughs> so I started with improv because I was still kind of a pussy and yeah. I was like, I want other people. And I did improv for like three years, but it was just getting 
boring. And honestly, if everyone was just too positive, and I was like, I hate this. I hate everything. So I start. So I was like, dude, I can't. I can't do this. And then all the improvisers were like, you seem more like a comic. They're like, you should get into get out, go do stand up. That seems like the biggest compliment you could ever get. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So I started doing stand up um, four years ago, and then once I started, I was like hooked were you always a fan of stand-up or always okay my family's really big into comedy they're all super funny but i grew up watching seinfeld and Chappelle, um neil brennan like just all of that and i always admired it and i remembered my father telling me he's like one of the few people that gets how hard it is because a lot of people think it's easy like even people i've talked to they're like oh you have to do 10 minutes like that's nothing i'm like no that's years of work yeah i just i am in the process of writing a bit about this now my girlfriend's reading the judd apatow book yeah where he interviews all these comics i'm reading that right now too that's funny she literally well we're watching we were watching a show i think we're re-watching ozark getting ready for the new season and she paused it and i was like what's up she goes you really need to be writing more (laughs) oh my god excuse me (laughs) Damn. She's like, yeah, I'm reading the Judd Apatow book, and he's re- interviewing all these comics. And but to your point, she's like, oh, is that it? I, you're yeah. the master of comedy. I just need to write more, and you'll call the vice president <laughs> of comedy, and everything's good. Yeah, people don't get how difficult it is, and it's who you know. And like, but he always got that because I, I remember watching when I was a kid, and I was like eight, and I was like, I could do that. And he yeah. was like, it's a lot of work. Like, it's not, this looks like they're just talking, but that's not how what it is. They've worked, said that thousands of times, maybe. Yeah. And so then, um, So when you get started, to Austin, I don't mean to interrupt, no, but no, it's I'm, fine. I'm interested in this, because I didn't know that about you with the improv thing. When you get to Austin, and you're sober, and you're just like, I need to do, which I was is... still drinking in Austin. Oh, were you? So I was, yeah, so I, I guess I moved there a while ago. It must have been yeah. seven years. So... Um, I got there, I was still drinking, and then my 22nd birthday was just wild. It was what like, happened? that was the last time I drank. I got into a fight with some guy at a bar. Okay, is that on I the list all, that you sent I, me? I don't know. There was so much crazy stuff. that. <laughs> well, let's talk, because I last love, time I my last drunk story is super sad. Like, I was alone. I had, yeah. like, someone came and, like, rushed me to the ER. I was dying. It was this whole thing. Yeah. That was the last time I drank. But I'm always interested because... They're always so wild. Like it was the, crazy. Yeah. So what happens? Is your twenty second birthday? Oh, I don't You're know if they can tiny. see. I'm five two, but I would get so aggressive. So I would yeah. talk shit. So I don't really remember what happened. I just remember before, like that browning out feeling. Oh yeah. And then. Well, what happened? But so it's your twenty second birthday. You're in Austin. You're still drinking. Yeah. You're like I'm gonna fucking do it. Because you had mentioned you didn't have like a ton of friends or anything. Were you just no? Like... So I was. So teachers get fucked up because I was teaching. Okay. So I had one friend that i taught with and she was an animal she would drink like crazy yeah. too it was like she was like no offense like mexicans can throw up she was like <laughs> so i went with her and her buddy and we were just like getting wild and then i was on it's dirty sixth street like the place to get yeah. i was just a mess i fit right in and um i don't know what happened we got separated at some point and then I kind of remember like the police sitting me down. And I was just a mess. <laughs> I was like bloody. I was all fucked up. Like this dude like hit what, what me. happened with the you don't remember? I don't even happened. remember like the guy or anything. But then my parents somehow they didn't arrest me, which I'm shocked. Yeah. But my so somehow my parents got called and uh that was awful. I felt so bad. And so they but they picked me up and my parents are so strict and they were like, Oh y'all, if you keep like if this happens again, like you're out, like yeah. you're that's it. And I knew they meant it, which I think was good. So I, because then I had to like, because that had happened before. All kinds of stuff kept happening, and then once they found out how bad it was, I was like, oh, I have to like get my life together. Well, that was the one thing I noticed in my drinking and my active addiction was that as long as no one else was affected, that's what I, I was didn't too. care. I was like, ah, it's fine. Yeah, like I like if my if. Like, I got fired, or if I got into trouble, I got the DUI, like, I'll handle it. Like, when I got my first DUI, I didn't call anybody. Like, yeah. I just sat in the cell. Like, they're like, oh, you get a call. And it's like, who am I going to call? Yeah. Like, I'm you don't five hours away anyone. from anybody, and I don't want anyone yeah. involved anyway. Yeah. Um, and so, same kind of thing, though. But when you start affecting other people, and, like, when other people find out, it's so embarrassing. It was I so guess. embarrassing. Like, and I would lie I feel like I'm so honest now. I was talking to another comic that's sober about this, but it was like I was lying all the time just about how much I was drinking or what I was doing. And um, before that, I had friends that were like, you're acting really weird. But I think it was because like I was doing so well in college, too. I was like, it's fine. 
I was like, if anything, you guys should be getting better doing grades well, like me. Yeah. yeah. So it Where was Where did you hard. go to college? I went to Hobart and William Smith okay. in upstate. Okay. Yeah. So you did all that before you ended up in Austin. Yeah. So you see, that was the interesting thing too. When I, I noticed when I was in school was I would get blasted, but I enjoyed yeah. my major. So I would still show up to classes. Me too. I would take notes and I was the kind of person where I could take notes and then I would do well on tests. Right. Like yeah. I didn't have to like study or do a lot. Like as long as I was in class paying attention, taking notes, I was good. I feel like I focus pretty well. Yeah. A lot of comics say that too. They're like, you have an amazing work ethic. And I'm like, I've always had that maybe because my parents, they're like immigrants and they really would push that. But that was never a problem. Even going to work and stuff. Sometimes I went to work drunk too, but I Sometimes. would still be... A lot of the time. I, I, yeah. <laughs> a lot. Well, I, I only Sometimes. say that because I, I worked in the service industry. So you, Me too. Like I, yeah, you yeah. do better when you had a couple yeah. of shots. Because then or... I was more – and people were like, you're so charismatic <laughs> yeah. and fun, you know? So it's I was having when, a great time. It's when I would go too far and then forget, like, which tables I had and, like, <laughs> yeah. shit, did I put <laughs> in that appetizer? That's yeah. when I started getting a little – I've only been sent home, though, like three times. Which a lot of people listening would be like, that's a lot to get home sent to get but sent to be home. All the times but you were drinking, to be that's hammered nothing. every day at yeah. work and only get sent home three times in fifteen years. Like yeah, that's that's nothing. amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> so that was the point where you get home and then did you start going to meetings? Did you call somebody? Like what'd you do? My family, a lot of alcoholics in my family. So my dad very for a while they were very anti therapy too. Because it's very my dad's Argentinian, my mom's like tough Italian so they oh, were like yeah, therapy's no... stupid so and he had gone therapy's to a, a they don't think that anymore they used to but he so he went to AA and he was like they're too soft because I think he I remember too when I was little he kept like relapsing they're like it's okay and he was like but it's not yeah so he had a weird relationship with it and he was like uh it's not worth your time to go but I wanted help because I was like I don't know what I'm I I had been trying to get sober too but I would just relapse yeah. and anytime I relapsed it was like an explosion so I joined or a party as I like yeah, to say. <laughs> it was like an explosion every time. <laughs> and it was so bad. And um but I joined it was sort of like an online AA group. Okay. I was called I think now it's called Daybreak, but it used to be called Hello Sunday Morning and it was basically the same thing where okay. you could post. But it was cool cuz it was anonymous too and I was pretty shy, so I think that was best for me anyways. But I would write every day how I was feeling and you could see other people like, I liked following people that had been sober for a while. And I would go l look back at their early posts, and I would see, like, patterns, too, of, like, the first few months sucking being, yeah. and then getting better. So I just kept thinking. I was like, all right, just get through the first few months, and you'll be all right. And then I wrote on there every day for a year. And then after oh, wow. the year, I was like, I think I'm all right. So I feel pretty good. And now if I feel like I – ever get that – that feeling I did a few months ago but I was so I was like overworking myself and then that's I that's when it always happens it always me. yeah I was like I just have to take better care of myself I was just really depressed and I did go to an AA it was like a zoom AA yeah. meeting and it kind of helped and then my friends I have a lot of sober buddies they got me do you have, have you ever read the big book I oh, never read it yeah, I have it so I've been reading that times, now yeah yeah so they got me that which was really sweet um but you know, it's nice having those people around because yeah. it's so much easier, like, because for, for a while I didn't have anyone. So I was just sort of on my own. Like, See, and that's what it, it was interesting to me is because I did went through the same process where I, I was like, when you're in your early 20s and you're away at school and other people are saying, like, you might have a problem. That's bad. You might seriously have a problem. Because <laughs> everyone's partying. Yeah. So and, that's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I know the listeners have heard it a million times, but – like when I stopped, when football was taken from me, I didn't know what to do because I'm an addict by nature. Yeah, me too. So I didn't yeah. know what to do with all this extra time and energy. So I just got into drinking and drugs like really bad. And I remember at like 22-ish, I was like, I, I, I should probably stop. And I went to my first AA meeting just with a friend who had been sober for a little while. And I remember they asked like anybody here in the first 30 days, I raised my hand. I was like, I've been sober a day. And they asked me. And I remember – just uncontrollably, I just started sobbing. Yeah. And I had, I didn't intend to. I didn't even intend it to happens, speak. Though. And I just started bawling. And I was like, I don't know what's wrong. And of course, never went back to an AA meeting, like for years. Yeah. And like started drinking again and stuff. But that was the point where I was like, oh, like maybe all these people are on to something. And I tried so hard for 
and it, you'll read it eventually in the big book, but it talks about like, you know, switching from different liquors to just beer, not keeping it in the house right. or making little right. deals with yourself. Like I'll only drink with my friends. Yeah. Or I'll only drink on weekends. And I tried all those things and none of them worked. And so when I finally went to rehab, there, the, it was a program where it was all like, well, you don't have to go to AA. You can do this or yeah. do that. And I tried everything. And for me, AA was the only thing that helped because right. uh, it was uh, like you're talking about with your sober buddies. It was other people holding me accountable. And they weren't even like in a negative way. It was just right. like, I don't want to let these people down. Yeah. So I'm going to keep going. Yeah. And it granted me like this. Now I have four years sober, which is amazing because if you were to ask Aww. like my ex-fiance – Who's like, she literally gave me an ultimatum like a million times. Like, if you keep doing this, I'm going to leave. And eventually she left. So I couldn't get sober for that. So like you fast forward, you know, six years, you're like, this guy's living in New York, like completely sober. That's what my friends from college are like, oh, my God, because I moved here two years ago and I hadn't seen one of my buddies and she was up in Harlem and I went to go see, she was like, you look totally different. Yeah. Because I lost like 20 pounds and my friends are like, we can't believe that you even had looked like that or anything now. Like, it's crazy yeah. how much it's just so different. Cause I thought I remember it being like, Oh, I'm just going to drink forever. Some people just drink more. Cause my friends were like, there's no reason for you, let alone a grown guy to be drinking 15 to 20 drinks a day. That's a lot. Like they were <laughs> like, that's crazy for you, cause you're for me. And I was like, Oh, some people just drink a lot. Yeah. Like that's, but it was an insane amount of alcohol at the time. My body was just like falling apart. Well, that's, yeah, that's what happened to me. I would go through a handle of, I know we're not trying to like one up, but the same thing I handle no, of vodka yeah. would last me 36 hours. That was, yeah. It's it gone. A gal- a half a gallon would last me 36 it hours. It's terrible. And it's crazy. People are like, how do you function? And it's like, well, you just keep going. And then I, towards the later, <laughs> the, towards the like late stages of my alcoholism, the only way I would stop drinking was if I ended up in jail or the hospital. Right. Because I would wake up in the morning and I would, I would always lay out like three or four shot glasses and fill them and I'd pass out and then I'd wake up and like two of them would still be full. So I just warm vodka. That's what I would do. I wake up in the middle out. of the night because I would get the shakes. You're so I would drink yeah. to get it back down. And yeah. I was just like, dude, this is crazy. But I didn't, at the time, I didn't think it was crazy. I was like, oh, this is just my this life. Is, and people are like, it's insane. Cause I like piss the bed a lot too. All, the time. All that I would throw up and then keep drinking. Yeah. And people are like, dude, what are you doing? And I wrote a joke about how I was blacking out every night. There's probably two years I really don't remember from yeah. college. And uh, my other friends that would drink, they're like, you shouldn't be blacking out every night. I was like, oh, that's when I'm done that's drinking. How I fall that's asleep. how I, yeah. yeah. I was like, that's what you that's have when to, it's that's the point when it's over. That's when the drinks are done. <laughs> that's insane because I used to do the same thing. It was like, yeah. you just drink until you physically can't function and then you fall and then asleep. And that's it. And then that's, it's over. Yeah. And it's how do you go to bed? <laughs> yeah, I was like, it, it's funny too because I still get irritated and I have to like catch myself when someone has just one to two drinks. Because I'm like, what are you crazy? Yeah. Uh, that's wild to me it's, that they can do that. Because I still work in the service industry while I'm doing stand up and it's insane. People order like, vodka tonics drink like half of it and then be like oh i'm done with this i'm gonna have like wine with dinner drink half that glass and, and be then like, be oh, done. this was delicious and i'm like the fuck's wrong with you do you serve people drinks oh yeah i don't know if i could do that that I, seems rough to well, be like right there. when i first got sober i was a bartender when i first moved to oh New that's York. great that's yeah, i don't know if i could do pouring that in right on. well and that's uh, and I'm not, you know, I would never push anything on anybody, but that is one of the benefits uh, with working the entire program of AA is they give you all these like little tools and stuff that you can use. So the only time I've ever felt the desire to drink now is what you're talking about when I'm like, especially around the holidays, because we're yeah. working like crazy. I'm still trying to do stand up stuff. And then I've got the podcast stuff. And after like a week or two of just cramming all, you know, for two weeks straight, I'm like. I'm going to fucking kill somebody. Like, I yeah, need when you get drink. stressed. Yeah, and then I always call my sponsor, and he always says the same thing. You know, it's it's awesome because he's always just like, well, do you have money for food? He's like, yeah, I have too much money. Like, yeah. I've been working yeah, yeah, so much. Yeah. And he goes, well, are you still doing the podcast? Yeah, that's great. Do you have rent? Yeah. He's like, then what the fuck are you calling me for? Right, right, right. And I'm like, oh, well, when you put it like that. That's funny, though, Like, because I will get so – the other I, I'll be overworking myself so much, and I remembered – I was in LA with my friend and I was just super depressed, but we were working so much there. We were doing like five spots a day and I was working out every day and writing. We were writing like crazy. And then I just remembered like crying so much. And how long have you been sober this time? 
It was still, that was kind of recent, a few okay. months ago. Um, one of my friends in Austin, unfortunately, he relapsed. But I remembered him telling me he had been a big part of AA. And he said, like, between years five and seven, sometimes people relapse because something small happens or they think they can handle it. I've and met that a was couple sort of, people like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, like out at bars. Like, when I first got sober, there was nothing to do. So we'd go, like, play pool. Yeah. And those are at bars. And we all thought, like, oh, we're good. Like, we, we yeah. got six months of sobriety. We're fine. But we'd go out to bars and we'd, like, start talking with other people. And I met at least a dozen people who all said, like, yeah, I did the program for five years, eight years, six years. And every single one of them fell off. That's why I was, like, careful because I was thinking about drinking, which is crazy. This was just a few months ago. And then I was like, no, wait. Because it's, it's funny how your addict brain just sort of sneaks up on you, okay. too. Because I was like, well, I probably could handle it because... Like, sometimes I do shrooms and I don't overdo that. It'll be like once every, which is totally different, though, from yeah. alcohol, you know? And so it's like I was starting to convince myself. And my buddy I was with was like, don't. That's, <laughs> and he's non-addict. But he was like, I've heard your story. He's like, that's crazy. Like, you have, he's like, if you don't go to an AA meeting, like, I'm going to flip out. And I was like, okay. And uh, I texted one of our friends who's sober. And then he was the one that got me the big book. But yeah. now I'm like back in my right mind. But it's just crazy how it'll just it's, you're just we're just addicts. Nowhere. Yeah. And it's it happens all not all the time now that I've gotten some years behind me, but it still happens. It does. Yeah. I'll be literally they're our stories. Yeah. Like to the point where some of them are so bad, we try to make jokes out of them. And I don't know if you're like me, but I'm like, this is hilarious. I and joke too. And people are like and they they are like they freak out. They're the like, bloke blackout joke doesn't hit. It only hit. I went to a Narcotics Anonymous like oh, show. They love it. They love banger. it. But real people and I have a joke now about withdrawing and how I was hallucinating and stuff. I was hearing things and I, I joke how I'm like justifying that to myself. So one of my friends is like trying to intervene. I'm like, you're just jealous. You had to take drugs to trip. Like I'm <laughs> tripping. But everyone, I've been trying to work this joke the past week and people are like, that's so sad. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm good now. I think it's funny. There's so much stuff that I have that I think is hilarious. Yeah. And then people are just like, that's, and I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to have to go the Kyle Kinane route and like play rock venues and stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do clubs. Like, this no, is I'm not keeping this work. material too because yeah, I think it's hilarious. Not, yeah, I'd rather play different venues than write other, like, write. No, you got to speak your stuff. voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, the NAAA circuit. Oh, dude, they love us. <laughs> I, I used to do fundraiser shows all the time. Yeah. And my darkest joke, suicide, overdoses, like one of my very close friends in rehab, like, unfortunately overdosed and died yeah and i have a whole bit about it and never plays anywhere ever right? but when i do those rooms it's like murders and yeah i'm like yeah these, it, this is the right as thing. it should because i'm like i write about that that helps me deal with it yeah and remember like oh you were really fucked up and now you're good so yeah it's, I, I love those bits normal people sometimes are just it's and the other fun things because i go to the stand a lot to hang yeah, out yeah yeah um and a fun thing there is you'll see like veteran comics, like professionals. Yeah. And they're working out new material. And some of it's a little darker. Uh, and I'll like me by myself dying in, the in the back. back. Just dying. Yeah. yeah. I love the dark stuff. Yeah. It's, it's so, so good. Yeah. Like I think it was Michael Casa had this bit the other day where he's like, it's so cold. And I was like, really? He's going to talk about the weather. And he goes, it's so cold. I saw a bus coming. And I thought, I'm just going to jump in front of this bus. <laughs> yeah, and I died. Great. And everyone else was like, well, this is, this is, this is not good. <laughs> I was like, come on. You're like, so no, cool. that's you hilarious. Want to commit suicide? Yeah, that's yeah. great. So you're in Austin, you're still drinking, 22nd birthday, brawl out with some dude. Yeah, with some guy. That's crazy. Should have seen his face. Yeah. Well, I, it's astounding to me because we've mentioned it a couple times, but you are small in stature. Yeah. So you just but you're aggressive, which is oh, one yeah. of the things that I loved about what we were talking about when we met. Because I'm the same way. Yeah. And it obviously comes off a little different because I'm 6'1", you know, right, 230 right. pounds. So when I get aggressive, people are like, you know, this this is an active shooter. But <laughs> when you get aggressive, you said that sometimes it can go the other way where people are like, oh, well, look at her. I think it works on stage because it's funny. Like one of my – a lot of my friends are like, you're very funny because you're like this petite – like cute Hispanic girl. And so they kind of expect one thing, but then even my voice itself is like different yeah. than what people expect. So mm -hmm. I think that helps me with my comedy, but I, for the longest time too, I never really thought I was small. I was just like, whatever. And then I, I like in college at people like, Oh, you're like a small 
person or in comedy people mention a lot just because you're set it's like this is what works for you or this is what doesn't work for you but i've never really felt i think it's because my family's like all such hard working tough people and my dad like i said argentinian immigrant he was pretty like machismo but he never i mean they always i don't know that my family's pretty fiery in general all of them and they're new yorkers and stuff um but passionate. They say passionate. Very passionate. Yeah. That's what a lot of people say about me. So like passionate and scary. But I like they I, I remember getting pissed when I was a kid because sometimes my dad would be like, Oh, your brothers can stay out later because they're guys, but you're a girl, so it's different. And I was like, That's stupid. And I would run away from home. They like get so <laughs> pissed. I would away. go like sit in the park. They had oh, no yeah. idea what I was doing. I was dumb, but I'd be gone for hours because I was like, Oh, you're not gonna let me hang out, and then they would try and find me and like it was so dumb. But I remember I just hated that. I think sometimes, too, that's why I love comedy so much, because I'm like, oh, I'm out late. Like, it yeah. feels like I'm not I'm not doing anything bad. Cause I'm just doing stand up. But it's but like, still, I, like, oh, cool, I get to be out late. That's and a it's a cool awesome. thing. Yeah. Plus, you, you had mentioned that sometimes you snap on audiences. Yeah. And that was something that I could really resonate with, because I sometimes I'm just like, I want to be like, the fuck are you doing? Like, what's like to the audience? Sometimes it's like. You're talking, you're like falling over drunk. Like, what the fuck is happening? I think right I now? get away with it a lot because yeah. I'm small. Because I've seen yeah, guys like it. they want to fight, but then I'm like, yo, shut the fuck up. And then other people start laughing. Yeah. And I think once you get them laughing, then you get them back. Yeah. But when, but, when, when I do it, it's just kind of like, yeah. Like, again, oh my God, it's like, school uh, shooter. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, hide, get under the tables. So it works, but it's, um, it was funny, too, though, because one of my friends, he's small, small comic. He was like, he's like, I feel like, though, sometimes you get mad. People just take you so serious. He's like, you're very well respected. So I don't know. My temper can be so bad where people are like, oh, my God, leave her alone. Yeah. So I try not to like I remember one time at Greenwich, I just went way too hard, too fast. And I just lost him completely. Yeah. Like I, you, So you can lose the room. I you can have lo- lost Yeah, because the I there was there are these two like bros sitting up front and they were so they were talking through everybody's set and I was watching this and I was about to go up and I was already pissed and I go up I don't even get a joke out I'm like yo shut the fuck up I was like what is wrong with you guys <laughs> so like, why no are you even dearing, here no nothing, nothing. Just... and I go up I'm like yo you should be ashamed of yourselves like why the fuck are you here you might as well leave and then I was like saying that and I was like oh this isn't my show I don't want to like make these people leave and I was like you know what just stay and then they're like confused and then yeah. i was like so what are you talking about anyways and they're like scared to talk they're like no, nothing <laughs> and then the other the crowd now hates me and i'm like you know what sorry it's just been a long day and i was like te- the first like three minutes is just say, a how mess did it go you just did you terrible. get it back no and then i started doing jokes and i was like this is the longest eight minutes of my <laughs> life it was so bad and after i heard some audience members say as i was getting off stage like that was rough and i was like you're right you're, I take You're it. That rough. was my my fault, my fault completely. But I was like, you can't get too mad too fast. There's um one of my managers at work. Her, she's real funny. But this is my temper. Where she goes, I I'm gonna keep seating you until you break a glass, and that's when I know you've you've been sat too much. Because I get over like because I hate giving bad service because yeah. I'm competitive. So I don't like. When I have guests that come in and they're spending the kind of money they're spending, but I can't just physically, I can't get to them. Right. I start to get frustrated. And my main outlet is anger. Yeah. Yeah, so, me too. Like I've been at work before and like they're like, hey, you're sad again. And I've literally picked up a glass and like smashed it on the yeah. table. Like, and it shatters. And I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah. So now my boss literally is just like, it's a running joke. Like, well, Brennan's not weeded until he starts breaking stuff. And I'm like, that's not. That's like- the thing is I'll go outside and break trash and shit. Yeah. Like I broke it. I just went to town on stuff. One of my friends who's sober, he's like, you got to keep that in check. And I don't want to get mad. One time I flipped out at a comic in a club and it was totally justified. Like while you were on stage or during a set or? It was after she did a set and was like, I think you took my joke. Brand new comic. And it was funny because my friends were like, she doesn't even have the joke structure for that joke. And she, so she did apologize and everything, but I flipped but wait, out. Let's get back. I was yeah, like, let's. I flipped the hell so out. So you get off stage and this brand new comic comes up and says, Hey, you, like literally, no, hi, how you doing? Nothing. Just, hey, I think you stole my joke. She just, yeah, she wasn't. She was like, Oh, that joke was mine. And I was like, Also, you should have told a joke first to get him to like you. You know what I yeah. mean? I was like, Everything about it. So it was weird. It was a weird first set. And I'm like, Yo, I've been doing comedy for years. Like, it pissed me off. And uh, right as snap? she got. 
I snapped because I when she was on stage, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, that's my joke. I wrote it like months ago and I had I pulled up the tweet right away as she was like saying it because I was like, oh, it's on here. And so she comes to sit down and she could see me fuming and all my friends know they're like, oh, fuck. Like and my buddy's like, she doesn't stay know, down. your friends. He, yeah, my friends know. And he was like, don't do anything. And I flipped a chair. Don't do it. We all, what? I flipped a chair over and I go and I go right next to her and she she pretends to be on the phone. I was like, you're not on the phone. And like someone else is up and the host is like looking at me like chill. I'm like, bro, I was like, you're not on the phone. I was like, talk to me. I was like, that's my fucking joke. Don't come in here acting like you wrote. I'm like, you're brand fucking new. I'm like flipping out and there's a circle around us. I love it. At this point. And I was going to hit her. And she just kept being like, sorry, 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 sorry. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to. I didn't I know. I didn't. She just backed up. But I was like. It, I realized right then, I was like, if I hit her, I might have gotten banned or something. I was like, I can't. Arrested. I have yeah. to. Because this was like last year. And I was like, I'm, it was like a year and so many months into comedy. And people like knew me. I felt like I fit in the scene. But I was like, I don't want to be. That person. That person. Yeah. Because it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's even now not drinking and we still have tendencies and I can only speak for myself, but there's still tendencies to do things where it's like impulsive. Fuck. I sh yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's so, not so many times, but there are a few times like it's a running joke at work now, but it's like, that's now a running joke because I reacted that way. Yeah. And that's embarrassing. Yeah. And I, I still act out not all the time, but I still act out quite a bit. And it's like, not something I'm proud of. No, I always feel bad. I, and I've snapped at comic and I'm pretty paranoid too, where I'm like, I think when I moved here, I was like, cause in Austin, when I first started, I was kind of shy yeah, and guys were like super creepy to me. And then I oh, started really? to get really like, I was like, fuck this. And I would yeah. flip out. And so when I moved here. Your dad here, was right. There's a difference. There is, there, well, there was, unfortunately, kind of, yeah. But I was like, I don't want that to affect what I'm doing. So yeah. when I moved here, I was like, I'm not taking shit from anybody. I don't care who it is. I was like, it should be at Jerry Seinfeld. I was like, I'm not fucking doing this. So I snapped it. So many of my friends were like, you were such a cunt when you came here. And I was like, I was just trying to defend like my energy. And then they were like, over time, they're like, oh, she's cool. Yeah. But I, one of my friends the other day, my best pals, he was like, we were doing these, uh, Mike's in the park because there it was during the pandemic and there was nothing. And he was like, "You were so explosive." There was only one seat next to you, and he was just standing there like, "Do I sit down?" <laughs> He's like, or "Do I just stand?" And he was like, and then I was like, "All right, I'm gonna sit." He was like, "And you didn't do anything." He was like, "All right, it's okay," but he he was like for like a few minutes. I was like, "I don't even know if I want to sit down," because she gets so <laughs> she mad. Is that fiery. Yeah. Well, what? So let's take it back to Austin. So you get there, um, you're still drinking. Yeah. You have the 22nd birthday, and then you're like. You could, you could stop drinking and then you decide I, I need to do something. I need to make a change. And so you get into improv. Did you like just Facebook, look up some improv groups or how did that go? Did you just find it? I, uh, I remember being like improv or stand up. Yeah. So I searched up improv theaters in Austin okay, and then the hideout is... theater popped up. Okay. Yeah. yeah I know that. Yeah. This is, so this is for everyone listening. This was before. Rogan and Segura and all them. Moved yeah, down a long there. time ago. Yeah, so there's still, there was still a huge, like they make it seem like they're starting the comedy scene there, but. No, it was a huge, it was the yeah, best scene in Texas. Yeah, there's a huge scene. Well, it's one of the, it was one of the best scenes. I'd probably rank it like third or fourth just behind New York and LA. Uh, yeah, and then still Seattle there. and then Austin. But, and now everyone's talking like, oh, Austin's up and coming. It's like, Austin's been there, man. Like, no, it know. was definitely third. Yeah. Even before. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. Pre, yeah. So you get there and now you're doing improv and then you decide to switch into stand up. When you finally start doing stand up, what was your uh I don't want to say influences, but like kind of everyone our first few years we always imitate like some of our favorites. So like I tell stories, a lot of my influences are Burr and Segura and then Lenny Bruce um from way back in the day. But did you catch yourself like, "Oh, I'm doing an imitation of someone I really admire or were you just straight out of the gate like this is me? I wasn't doing an imitation, but I was trying to do one-liners because I okay, was like Mitch Hedberg yeah. felt yeah, like yeah. the guy. And then even Seinfeld, like I wasn't, because now my set's really honest and people are like, oh, we learned so much about you from your set. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but at first I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like, just try to write a joke. And it was bad. It was yeah. just like really dumb things. And like, I always it, find it that when I, on this show and even in my personal life, when I talk to comedians who do more stories or more truthful, like me, you, yeah. a few other people that I've talked to about this, 
It's interesting because a lot like Marcus Crespo has been on the show. He's like my best friend. I feature for him all the time. He's a headliner in this uh, in Florida, but he same thing one liners because when you first start doing stand up, everyone's like, oh, you write jokes. Like I'm a jokes joke maker. Jerry. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I have to do. It's yeah. like a setup punchline setup. It was so bad. <laughs> I do. I, I remember one of them was like, I was like, oh, I want to come up with a new energy drink called Mountain Dew or something. Or like, and then there was like Mountain Don't. And I was like trying to don't do it. Just do it. It was like, stop. I was like, what are you? I looked back at my old notebook. I was like, this is trash. God, it was so hilarious. bad. Yeah. I went through a phase where I was trying to be, when I first started, I was trying to be like bro bro guy. Yeah. Um. So I look back on those old notebooks and I'm like, this is horrific <laughs> like so not even from like oh bad. pc culture whatever no like it's just there's no structure yeah there's no tags it's not funny it's just shock value which is something because i'm super i used to do that too and i'm so pretentious when it comes to comedy i hate that kind of stuff now yeah and i look back and i go oh i hate it because i was it like, yeah i did it and then you realize oh just like my whole thing is sometimes to the detriment of the laugh i'll be too honest Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend will say like, or Marcus or somebody will reach out and say, hey, why don't you say this instead of that? And I go, well, because that's not how it happened. That's what I would do. And now I'm more okay with stretching things a little open, bit yeah, and adding tags. Yeah. But I am very, it's still very honest because I like it grounded. Like I was talking to my friend about um, Chappelle and I was like, he's just such a good like storyteller too. Because sometimes yeah. he can do a long joke and it's like, he's just so compelling. I'm like, I like that. I like that. He just has that focus and like that stage presence mm-hmm. too. Cause I was like, I want some of that. Or, um, cause you listen, you lean in and yeah. listen. Mike Birbiglia too. Yeah. I like, he's more maybe one man showy, but I was like, I love his stories. And then he, you, he has the punches along the way. I'm like, I kind of want something like that yeah, in I'm my a, set. I'm a much, what I've learned in the, you know, I started in 09, took some years off, obviously, for jail and drugs and yeah. drinking. But what I've learned in all this time was that, and this happened to me, I did a, a show, an audition here, and then the booker called me for feedback, and he's like, oh, you're more of a storyteller. And I yeah. was like, thank you. I really appreciate that you could see that in my act. For he, sure. goes, he goes, that's not a compliment. <laughs> oh, and my God. Like, huh? He goes, in New York, you got to be bang, bang, I don't bang. know if that's necessarily true. Well, it's interesting because I was like, okay, one man's opinion, took, took the advice. And it was actually, he did give me some very beneficial advice about certain things. And I was like, all right, awesome. And then I was talking to a friend of mine who's been on the show, Matt Folchron, who opens for Segura. And he goes, hey, yeah, man, he told me how too much of a storyteller. He goes... Dude, I just played at an arena. You know who else is a storyteller? Tom. Segura. Yeah, Segura. <laughs> like, yeah, like, relax. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And I, I just remember thinking, like, oh, I'm much more in that wheelhouse. Like, I know what other people are going to say, and it's New York, and punch, 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 and stuff. But it's like, this is what I, this is my voice. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Same thing with what you're talking about. I want to tell a story, and then just try to add as many tags that's in there as I, I can. That's what I do. Yeah. Because yeah. to me, that's way more fun, because then the audience is learning about you, and my whole goal is to make the audience laugh at really dark stuff. Me too. Because when I was really down and out, like I'm obviously it's cold out, but like if I wear a t-shirt and you ever see me in a t-shirt, you'll see I got scars all over yeah, my body. Yeah. And it's one of those things like when I was really down and out and super depressed, my cousin introduced me to stand up when I was like 12 or 13. And I remember that was always something I could go back and watch. I remember the Mitch Hedberg Comedy Central Presents, yeah. you know, like – that was something I'd go back, do frame, party or two, do frame. Like, it cheers you up. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the only things that would cheer me up, too, because I would be laughing yeah, then. And, and that was the only thing that would make me laugh or I would be, like, looking forward to. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that now I'm grown and I'm doing stand-up and I've been doing it for a while. And that's something that I want to do for other people where it's like some of my jokes on the surface, they're funny. Like, because it's, you know, you we've d- done this long enough to where you're like, oh, I know what people – for the most part, I kind of know what what they could want. get. A, yeah, yeah. And then, but underneath, there's there's layers to it. So, like, I've got a joke about my mom, where on the surface it's funny, but then there are other people who grew up with a mom like that who are going to be like, yeah, that's, yeah, that that really hits. Like, we get it for sure. So, and that's the whole point is to try to try to level it because back to the one line thing that was so oh, hard for God, me. God, it was so bad. Too. I don't, some people on like Mark on Twitter, like he crushes. Norman, yeah, but, but he's so that's like. So him, I just, I just it's can't not really that. interesting yeah. to me. Like, I respect him, what he does, and I think he's an amazing joke writer. But I'm like, I'd rather listen to people tell stories because yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so, I loved, um, what was that show 
Why I'm like totally blanking. It was like in a strip club. This is not happening. Yeah, this is. I love that. I like. Yeah. I love listening to the stories. That was one of the ends when I when I was first coming up. I mean, when I first brought the. I, I've talked about it before, but the podcast idea started like de a decade ago with a buddy of mine in college because we'd get drunk and be like, "Oh, we should start a podcast." Yeah, yeah. We'd just be drinking buddies, and that's how it started. But when I actually started doing the podcast over a year ago, this is not happening. The crab feast. Uh, Honeydew with Ryan Sickler now. Like, those were all inspirations because yeah. I loved listening to other people's stories. There are a few comics that I got into because of their stories. And then I saw their stand-up and I was kind of like, I mean, this is good. I, obviously, they're professionals. For it's sure. Just, I can appreciate and respect the structure, but it's like, I kind of like the stories, the stories that they told great. better. Yeah. Like, this is... So it's interesting how there's just so many different lanes you can go through. There's so many. It was interesting how you were just saying how you want to get the audience. I remember a comic years ago showed me, like, this graph but it looks like like a pendulum of how it's like this is what the audience likes where it's probably more light. Yeah. And then for you and me, because we're dark, it's like we love this stuff over here. Because like one of my favorite bits I have, it's like about a miscarriage. But I have to put that at the end. I can't open with that because yeah. they'll be like. <gasps> so it's like you kind of slowly start light and then it they like you more. And then as it keeps Once swinging, you get them on your side, then yeah. you can get real dark. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to. Do you ever torpedo a set on purpose? I love dark so i try like my closer is probably one of my darkest jokes but i remember trying to open with that a lot and people were just like not having not it, having it. yeah well so, the reason i because i've done shows before where i'll do material as you were saying this is actually that's a perfect analogy the pendulum where i'll do something light and then just a little dark and then i'll go back to light and then i'll go like little like i've got Jokes that I think are super – like I would tell kids at a birthday For party. Sure. And I've said those before and I've gotten groans like, oh. And immediately like the fucking – I don't know if it's the dickhead in me or the competitive nature or what it is. But I'll be like, you thought that was dark? You thought that – okay. That's good that you say that, yeah. I think. But, but then – I immediately I've done this probably a handful of times. I'll immediately torpedo the whole set. I'll yeah. start talking about friends that have died, people <laughs> who have killed themselves. Because I have bits it's about a different all that life, stuff. though. Some people don't. That's what I realized is I'm like some people have not been because people are like you've been through so much, and I'm like I don't know. I just feel like I've just been living my life. Yeah, I I had a guy 25 years old uh, was uh, out to dinner at the restaurant celebrating. Uh, they just bought a house. So he was engaged. Him and his fiance had just bought a house and they're having a celebratory dinner. And I remember thinking, when I was 25, I was in jail. Like, what it, like, live your life, yeah. dude. Like, what are you even When I doing? hear about people in, I remember in college or after college, like getting married, I was like, yo, I was schwoisted somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I don't even know. But that's crazy to me, too, because I'm like, I change so much every year. I used to feel bad where I was like, oh, I'm not married yet and stuff, but I'm like, I couldn't do comedy if i wasn't yeah doing well, what and I'm it's, doing. i i'm not i do not believe the whole adage everything happens for a reason but i think everything happens and how you deal with that is obviously how you learn and grow right so there are certain things where it's like yeah i talk about it on i even talk about it on stage but like i talk about my ex-fiance and like that was my person i had found my person she just didn't find her person so you know right move on but it's one of those things where people are like oh you know if you never drank, that would have never happened. It's like, yeah. But yeah, but I, you can't think of it like that. If I never drank, I never would have met her because I ended up in Jacksonville to go to rehab. Yeah. So it's like it's a whole spider web of weird coincidences. It is. Like, and I, I kind of I don't know what I believe exactly. Sometimes I think I do believe everything happens for a reason because then as time goes on, I think it's because I handle things well, where yeah. it's like I just pick myself up and I'm like, all right, you have to keep going. And I think I look back. I'm like, since I've gotten sober, my life has only gotten better. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm like, things are happening. And it's like I still get bummed out about stuff here and there. But you just keep picking up and going and going. That is one thing. It's interesting. Like when we had the move to New York, I kept thinking in my head, I was because I'm an anxious person. And I was like, God, like. I'm going to have to drive this U-Haul a thousand miles. And it was a big U-Haul. And then I was like, I'm going to have to drive this U-Haul through the city of New York, 27 foot U-Haul through the city. And I've never driven in a city, like mm -hmm. a big city. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going to have to drop this U-Haul. Anyway, it was all this like cascading, like anxiety about like all this stuff. And then a month into living here, it's like, oh, I did all that. You get stronger. Yeah. Especially like, New York. Like, yeah. It's like, tough. oh, I just did it. Yeah. You just do it. You close your eyes, you grit your teeth, you bear it, you do it, and then it's over. That's like, like stand-up, too, because so many 
people are like, I can't believe you do that. Yeah. But you just keep you just doing do it. it. Yeah. And now I don't feel nervous. I get excited about going up. Oh, so I'm never, Yeah. I only get nervous if it's... Like an audition or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Then I'm like, fuck. But it's actually good because the nervous energy... Because I'm high level, which is funny. If you see me at an open mic, you're like, this guy has no stage presence. But that's only because I'm like... It's a mic and there's yeah, nothing happening. Yeah, I'm working shit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I get on stage, like when I'm ready to go, like at that Hell Yeah show, I fucking was like, like let's... Bro! Go! <laughs> I want to get to some more of these stories sure. because these are um, crazy, super crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get. Let's go abroad. Let's go abroad. Oh, so boy. I've got a couple of broad ones here. Yeah. Let's talk about your trip in Ecuador. That was wild. Where you did something super illegal. Oh yeah, I was smoking weed like a dumbass. They yeah. kept telling us they're like, "Don't do that." So what happened? <sighs> you were outside of a church, so you're blacked out in Ecuador. Blacked out, Ecuador. Outside of church, trying to roll a joint, apparently, which I don't know how to do. <laughs> and <laughs> I still can't do it. And my buddy's with me. And uh, what, how did you end up in Ecuador? Just I studied abroad. I was like a Latin American studies okay, major. So, so I studied abroad twice. Yeah. Okay. So I was there and uh, blacked out. That night was just crazy. That Before that happened, too, that same night, and I kind of remember, I was browning out at this point. We were at a restaurant. I, like, knocked over so many plates and stuff. Oh, and I no. was, and I, even, I was fucked up drunk, and I was like, this is embarrassing. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is bad, and I just left. And I think that was when I went with my friend. And it's crazy, too, how, like, alcohol just makes you so different because I feel so responsible now. And if my friends are doing dumb shit, I'm like, don't, what are you doing? I'm, I'm like such a mom. I'm so, like, my girlfriend, because she still drinks, so sometimes she tells me, like, sometimes I feel like I just can't get, like, loose around you. Like, I can't get giggly with my friends because you're like a dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, like, we were walking back from the stand the other night. We went and saw a show Sunday. Um, Their last night here, I took them out to the stand. We yeah. went and saw a show. And then on the way back, like they're like giggling and like being loud on the subway and stuff. And I'm you're like, like, you have to be quiet because like, there's crazy people. Yeah, like sh you're drawing attention yes, to us. Yes, that's how I feel. And if Wedding Crashers taught us anything, it's draw attention to yourself, but on your own <laughs> on terms. Your <laughs> like they're. Like, I agree. I'm the same way. I'm like, Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I'm super paranoid. And like, if my friends do something dumb, like my buddy is drinking a lot now. If he like black, he's like, oh, I fell asleep on the train. I'm like, what is wrong with you? But I, I was in South America. They said. In Peru, I would jump from like rooftop to rooftop. Yeah, I was we're like, gonna I get to broken Peru. Broken my neck. But anyways, <laughs> we're getting to Ecuador. Peru. Apparently, we find some weed. I'm trying to roll it. Cops pull up. Like, hey, what are you doing? And they want Americans because if they can make a lot of money off of you in oh, jail. Yeah. So my stubborn ass is like, because I'm stubborn too and aggressive. Yeah. That my friend's like, no, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, no, I got to roll this joint. He said, I like and dropped the, the weed. There? The cops are there. And I was like, no, nah, fuck them. Like, <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Outside of, and the Catholicism is huge there. Like, that's oh, yeah. so disrespectful. And I feel, I feel bad that I did that too. But it's pretty hilarious. It's pretty hilarious. But I'm like, I can't believe that's just like disrespectful. I'm being shitty to cops. Again, like, that was my thing. Locked being up shitty abroad, to, man. Yeah. My buddy just grabs me and goes because he's like, no, I'm not dealing with this. Like, it's so, so you got out. So we got out. Okay. But it was because he was there and I was just being an idiot. Are and, you, so uh, you mentioned the cop thing. Do you have a problem with authority? I guess I do. You still to I this don't day? think I mean, I don't like I'm not like crazy Combative, where people yeah. are. Like, I think it's dumb when people are like, we got to get rid of cops. I'm like, what are we going to do if something terrible happens? That's, See, crazy. that's the thing is I, I don't have. On a grand scale, I don't have a problem. It's when it's me personally. Me too. That's yeah, when me I have too. Because <laughs> I, I'm mm. like, so I, I like even the other day I was like, on, I snuck on the bus and then I got a ticket and I was just being. A, I was like, oh, you think because I'm a small girl, like you're because I was like, oh, you know how many fucking drunk people are on there, like shooting coke or whatever. It's like you, you're gonna pick on me. I was like throwing a huge fit. He was like, ma'am. <laughs> Like, this was just, like recently? This is recently. And then on the ticket, <laughs> like it said like resisting. Like I was like, yo, this was like a few weeks ago. Because my temper is just so hot. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was in the wrong. Like I, I snuck on the bus, but I was I've, still like trying to get out of it. Yeah. But it's, I, it's, 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 I just, it's, I get so, and I don't think it helped that I was pre-law. Like I was going to, like when I was in college, I used to throw that around all the time. Like the cops would bang on the door because we were being too loud or yeah. something. Like, fuck you. Where's your warrant? You're not coming in my house. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I've yeah. been arrested so many times for that. You slam the door in the cop's face. They're not going to just be like, oh, and he's that's got it. a he's point. 
he's right. We're out of here. Especially that the aggression, because I was like lucky. I think once again, because I am small and a girl, it didn't get worse. Yeah, I've been tased a couple times. That's the thing. Is it's like aggressive. I'm small, so they're like. But I've had this conversation. Joe Dorville, shadow producer of this show, and I co-host the sports show. Cheers from the press box with him. He's made a couple good points. We've talked about this before, and it's like there is some, there is a genuine underlying problem. Because I've been tased a few times. Like, I've gotten into, like, literal arguments. I've gotten the shit kicked out of me by cops. Yeah. But never once was I afraid that they were going to kill me. Yeah, which that's is a, a huge difference. It's a huge difference. Yeah. Which is a point that he made. He's like, he's like, you know why, like, I don't fight with the cops? And I'm like, I why? Because they'll fucking kill me. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, shit. Yeah. Like, I didn't even think about that. But, but I, true, I to that point, still, I'm like... I'm I am more cautious now and I'm still working on it where it's like if there's like a creepy guy and I, I have to be smart where it's like don't talk shit to this crazy dude on the train yeah. late at night alone because he could kill you. Yeah, he could. So I have you. to be smarter about because I used to blow up so much all the time, especially when you're drinking. You're yeah, just like, fuck I you. would be like, nah, fuck it. Blah, blah, blah. So now I'm more careful. There are times when people are creepy or whatever. And I'm still like, yo, fuck off. And I have a taser and like yeah. mace and I'm like, I'll yeah. fuck you up. And uh, now it's a party. So now so now I'm like, all right, we're going to even the playing field a little bit. Hell but yeah. Otherwise, I have to like pick my battles where it's like, do you really want to get into it with this homeless guy who has nothing and doesn't care about anything and you're alone on the train? Like, just switch cars. That's another thing I have to try to explain to people. And I don't know if it's because of our life experience, but when we get into certain situations, I have to turn, whether it's my girlfriend or friends that I'm with or whatever, it's like, do you not understand? Like, these, some of these people have nothing, nothing to do. They don't care about anything. Yeah. They don't care. Like they'll throw you in front of the train, like and that's not even what blink to, twice. That's what I've told myself because I've seen people flip out and get punched in the face on the platforms. I'm like, oh, these people don't care at all, and yeah. you can't reason with them. So I've had to learn for my own sake too, because it's like I I don't like getting angry. It just happens like fire. I hate because it it's so like much. you you get it. No, You're, totally we're on the same yeah. wavelength. Where and I asked one of my friends, I was like, how do you not get mad? Like I have such a chill buddy and he was like well sometimes i feel it coming i'm like i don't feel it coming it no just it happens. just happens it blows it, my mind like yeah. my girlfriend will like be talking and then the next thing you know i'm screaming and she goes i don't understand how this yeah, happens. And i was like i don't fucking know either that's like, what happens to me and that usually i get more mad there's a lot of people that don't get it because they're like what's the problem you gotta yeah. relax and when someone says that to me i'm like oh you're gonna tell me to fucking relax i'm like are you crazy how about i put you through the wall yeah, but I, yeah. <laughs> I get so pissed so, but I try to walk away because I still get pretty livid over like nothing. It feels like every couple days I'll get yeah. pissed, and I now I just I'm like take a fucking walk. Everyone's just like walk, 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 walk. It's funny because people are like, "Oh, you, you know what you should do? You should like work out." I go, I go to the gym. I six do work days out. I run. Yeah, I I power lift, so it's like heavy, like gotta like for like for sure. Yeah, and I do that to try and get as much aggression out as Me possible. Too. So I, I lift, I smoke cigarette, like I do all these People things. People think it's crazy. They're like, with, you're running out in the cold and doing push-ups and stuff. I'm like, I have to, or I would understand. murder you. Yeah, exactly. Or try like, to. <laughs> I, I take all these pains to like try to get all the aggression out I can. And it's still there. It still sits in there. So it's like. But I think it's a good thing. Now that I've gotten older and I think over the years, I'm still aggressive, but I mellow out more. But I'm like, I think that's what makes our sets so good yeah. too. Because it's a, it. there's such because then I I go crazy on stage. Yeah, me too. Because I'm not hurting anyone. I'm like I'm just yelling into a microphone. Who cares? But yeah. it feels so good. It's, and it's so much fun. It's when so everyone fun. gets hyped up with you. Yeah, you know, you're hype and you got everyone go. hype. Yeah. One of my buddies was like, I would love to see you at like a protest. Oh, I'm like, oh dude, God. that would be I'd dope. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like let's I'd go. Kill it. <laughs> I wanted to um. Speaking, we were talking about Ecuador, and then you mentioned Peru. So the story you had told me was you were staying with a host family. Oh, yeah, yep. So what happened the first day you got there? I got fucked up, (laughs) browned out. I don't think I blacked out, but it was... They're more conservative, too, you know, in South America in general. So I was like, I knew I was fucked up, and I had to throw up so bad. And I didn't want to go to the bathroom because it was the family. Everybody shared it. So I was like, they're going to hear me. Yeah. So then I just go to my window... There's like a parking lot right underneath. I just puke all over somebody's car. It was oh disgusting. I was just throwing up outside the window because I was like, I don't want them to hear. I'm like hanging out too out the window. I was like, well, what if I fell out or something? Did they hear just, you? Did they? They know? didn't hear me. Okay. So the next was, morning when you get up, everything's cool. everything was fine. Did uh, you? Like, oh how God. long did you stay in Peru? That was two months. It was two months Peru, two months. So they. Ecuador. So this is the first night. Yeah. So they know the something. Like, did you? What else happened? Did so you, you they said you were jumping from rooftop to rooftop. Yeah. 
<laughs> can't believe that. I would just get fucked up and climb shit. It was like, oh, who did I think I was? Like doing parkour and stuff, just jump at my hardcore, friends. Like, you go crazy. You'd get fucked up. You're like, yo, let's go party. And it was funny because Peru is so beautiful and there are all these, you could jump because the rooftops were, I'm not justifying this at all, but it was like, <laughs> it was like, so you could bounce around. I was like, oh, that looks fun. Which was just so stupid. I could have broken my neck and died. You like, could have fallen it, it, through. They yeah. don't know how stable That's those the roofs thing, are. That's the thing, too. Yeah. So I was like bouncing around. And um, was this because you were there for two months? So was this like a daily occur? Like, would you get like, I like, think it happened week, just a couple times. Okay. I wouldn't do it a lot because then my friends like grabbed me and were like, this is no. Yeah. And no. <laughs> it was uh, funny because there was, there was this like set of, it was, I don't know, a street of all these bars and stuff. And I would go to school. And then during the day, people at the bar would give you tickets or something. Be like, oh, come tonight. And all these guys knew me. They'd be like, yo, what's up, SBL? And everyone's like, who is that? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) They all loved me. They were like, and I would get free drink tickets and stuff. My friends were like, "Like, you need that? (laughs) But I was there all the time. And there was one bar. What was it called? It was like Mama Africa's or something. And they would paint your face for free just like animal stuff it was crazy and uh i remember my friend my i had a roommate I'm she a was tiger. Me. she was like oh where'd you go last night I'm like i have no idea and she was like i'm joking i know where you went you were at mama africa's at some point because i woke up i just had all this shit on my face <laughs> like most i would come home just stuff all over i was like oh my god oh my god yeah god peru one time i woke up too there i had hundreds this was crazy i i get out of bed there's hundreds of cigarettes just in bed with me. And I was like, what happened? It's cigarette cartons. And then I had all these lighters. It was just like naked women on the lighters. I was like, where did I get all this shit? Did it was you crazy. ever find out? No. <laughs> I had no idea. And I was like, that's so not like me to have like, well, I smoked a lot. Yeah. I would smoke a lot. But I was like, what Maybe happened? Maybe all the boys brought you some cigarettes. And I was like, what? where did this come from? I wanted to... Uh... <laughs> cigarettes that's hilarious i wanted to get to this one story yeah we're coming up on the hour but i do want to get to this one story where you got so drunk and high one time you thought you died oh yeah that was probably the last time um it had to be i think i was younger when that happened like 19 okay i think I i because it was in um new york it was in upstate new york i was at my friend's house and she had a party her parents were gone and uh but i think we've been, been college already college, yeah. i think it was college when we came, i came home during the summer okay. and so i was there and i just got like fucked up and then i got really high and i can't handle a lot of weed I like if i i maybe two milligrams in la i was drinking these things that had like barely any weed i liked like one of those over like two hours. I was like, that's fine. But weed, I can't handle. So I got super fucked you up. you get super paranoid on weed? Super paranoid. I have like out of body experiences. Yeah, I hate way. it. It's not fun. And that's what happened was it kind of was just like blackout and like a new level of like, I just remember you went feeling even further down. Yeah. Just like disconnected. And then I remember when I was coming to, I there, I kind of felt like I was like, my soul's like coming back to my body for some reason. And then I was like going through, it was crazy. It felt like childhood memories were clashing oh back. Cause then I felt like I was coming back. Um, and then when I kind of came back, I was still drunk and high but then I like leaned over the bed. They had put me in their parents' room. Uh-oh. They wasn't there. I was like, oh God. And I just puked all over the floor. You just threw up all over. Yeah. And I kept throwing up. But I was like, oh, I'm back. But it fucked me up for a while. Like I, w- I stopped smoking weed and I was super paranoid. And I was like, what is existence? And so I was like, no, I can't smoke weed again. Because yeah. this was. And then years later during the pandemic, I got depressed and I smoked a little bit of weed, but it was never, I'm like, I'm never smoking that much again or I don't drink anymore too. So that was, cause I was probably like crossfaded as hell, but I thought I was like, Oh, it's like over. It was just, you just thought it was over. Yeah. Cause I, but I was like stuck in like a different dimension or something. You know what I mean? That's what it felt like. So I was just like, that's it. But I remember when I kind of started to come back, I felt like my heart, I felt like I was having a heart attack. I was just like in this black space Holy shit! and it was awful. Damn. Well, 
<laughs> it was terrible. Thanks. For, well, I was probably probably should have switched that with the Peru story. The Peru story is more fun. Yeah. <laughs> but almost dying. But you're here now. But I'm here. Plug everything one more time. Tell um, them where they can find you. Monday, social media. Monday night comedy every Monday, ten o'clock at the comedy, the comedy shop. shop. And Grizzly Pear, I'm there like every night. Um, and then all my handles at SB Rivadener. 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 She's passionate. Um, See. <laughs> throw those pennies on there thank you everybody so much for listening of course Brennan T Comedy on all social media BrennanTComedy.com for all the upcoming dates check out the merch store and we will talk to you all next week bye thanks <laughs>